Hello ladies and gentlemen, Ghost Nobody here, ready to bring you chapter 123 of Radiance, my original Fallout fan fiction. As always, I do hope you'll like, share and subscribe to this wherever you can. And leave me feedback either at fanfiction.net, archiveofourown.org or even at my own website ghostnobody.com. All of your input's always well appreciated and always welcomed. And if you do pop over to ghostnobody.com, check out Stormrider while you're there. They're my original work. If, you know, if big burly dragon-esque girls, sultry orcs and elves, and magical humans are your thing, check it out. I'm pretty sure you'll enjoy it. And also, while you're there, why don't you pop over to the Ghostly Link section. Pick yourself up a copy of Mortis, my original novel, for sale on both Smashwords and on Amazon. Pick up a copy and help support me. Keep me doing what I love. Bringing original alien romance stories to you good people. So, without any further ado, let's get on with the show, shall we? Oh, but first the usual legal disclaimer. I don't own Fallout or anything to do with it. This is all fan fiction. I'm just here to keep the crazy tales happy. Let's get on with the show. Chapter 123. Love travels on buzzing wings. As it turned out, Varl was a lot stronger than he looked. As Eve pounced on him, he actually managed to catch her mid-air. With a simple sweeping motion, he managed to switch their positions so that instead of her landing atop of him, as she had planned to, instead, he landed atop of her, pinning her to the bed. Eve felt her heart start doing backflips in her chest as she suddenly found herself looking up into the handsome face of her insectoid boy as he looked down at her with those complex compound eyes of his. You really are a true beauty, Eve. He said softly as he leaned down and very gently used his mandibles to nibble all alongside of her exposed neck, sending electrical tingles shooting up and down her spine. Eve let out a little moan as the pleasure crackled across her, like electricity finding jumping points between her nerves. Never in her life would she have imagined falling in love with another species, but with him it was just so easy. It was just such a wonderful innocence to him that made him irresistible. And when combined with this new fire and passion, it all combined together into a truly exotic and wonderful individual. Now as she laid underneath him, she felt the wonderful contrasting sensations of his carapace against her skin. She also felt yet another side to him too, his dominant side. It seemed to Varel was a bit of a dark horse. Or was it? Dark wasp, maybe. She couldn't help but rather like this take-charge side of him. It made her feel delightfully feminine. Eve reached up and began to run her hands over a smooth carapace that covered his chest, delighting in the points where it transitioned from the harder, almost plastic feel of the carapace itself to his waxy and soft skin that was exposed in the joints between the plates. She also absolutely loved the way he shivered softly as her fingers traced those exposed parts of his flesh, revealing how wonderfully sensitive he was. And that's when she decided to return the favour in a way only his kind could. While using his upper arms to hold his weight, he brought his lower arms up and began to run those wonderful three-fingered hands of his right the way up from her hips, over her belly and onto her chest. Eve's back arched all on its own as an electric shock travelled down her spine, caused by the explosions of tingles from Varel cupping both of her breasts in his hands at the same time, and causing her already steel-hard nipples to slot themselves perfectly in between his fingers. 
as she saw an evil smirk appear on his handsome face, and right before Eve could ask him what diabolical evil schemes were manifesting there in that handsome head of his, he lowered said handsome head and wrapped his long thin tongue all the way around her right nipple. Eve let out a noise that was somewhere between a house cat that had just slammed its, door, its tail in a door and a moose that had just been flicked in the balls with a branch whipping back on it. This seemed to entertain Varel endlessly, as rather than show mercy to her, he doubled down and decided to show exactly how long that incredible tongue of his actually was. As Eve watched in fascinated surprise and a little horror, Varel's tongue wound itself right around her right nipple like a hot, slimy, undulating snake, and reached its way right across from that nipple, right away across her chest to the other one, rapidly ensnaring that as well. Eve was now a mess. She was having both of her nipples licked at the same time by this evil, handsome insectoid genius, and had just essentially been robbed pretty much of her higher brain functions. It was also at this point, though, that pink cloud of pot and wool that someone ramrodded into her skull, she also realised that his lower hands were on the move again, and they were marching south. Eve was powerless to stop the advancing insectoid army as it marched its way southwards, down the valley of her abdominal muscles and across the wide scape of her hips, rapidly heading for the hidden valley between her thighs. As they approached, and try as she might, couldn't stop the large fleshy gate of her thighs from opening for him all on their own, welcoming those little finger soldiers like conquering heroes. A gasp and another cat-moose hybrid noise escaped her as she felt both sets of his lower fingers stroke a lip each on each side of her, sending bursts up into her belly that made her whole body shiver like someone had just thrown a bucket of cold water over her. A ripple of goose flesh ran over her body like a wave rushing from the tips of her toes to the top of her head, making her hair do a little Mexican wave right the way up her body as it travelled. Eve felt Varel's tongue constrict on both of her nipples, trapping blood in them and making them super sensitive. He also seemed to notice this as well, because he began to vibrate his tongue almost in the same frequency of his buzzing wings, which very nearly caused her to have an orgasm right there. She had never felt anything like this in her life. Meanwhile, using her distraction to their advantage, Varel's little finger soldiers infiltrated her sacred temple, prizing open the fleshy gate and slipping within her defences. They explored incessantly, like little workers looking for the sweetest nectar to bring back to their hive to please their queen. Eve squirmed and thrashed as Varel systematically cut her off from her higher brain functions with pure pleasure, and that's when he decided to burst her brain entirely, but this time with nothing more than words. You know, I get the feeling that I can put this tongue of mine for far better use elsewhere, he purred without using his mouth, which revealed that his kind indeed didn't u to use a larynx like humans did, as his voice was crystal clear despite his tongue being wrapped around her sensitive nubs. The truth of his deviant and delightful words uncoiled it and began to gently lick his way down his body, following the same grooves and valleys that his fingers had until it too arrived at her sacred gates. The cat moose made a yet another return as Varel decided to attack first the outside, tasting each and every inch of her lower lips before slowly winding it in between her fleshy walls. 
and what he did next pretty much broke Eve's brain clean in two. Val wound his tongue around her clit like a fleshy noose, moving it along until it was right at the root, trapped in between his tongue and his mandibles, which allowed him to gently pinch and nip at it, sending starbursts into her skull. And while he was doing this, he seemed to wind it up into something that somehow resembled a fleshy boxing glove or a plug on the end while keeping his eyes on hers. He then proceeded to push that plug right up through her entrance and inside her. They were just not word pure enough or strong enough to describe what Varrell was making her feel in that moment. The sensations of being penetrated and tasted all at the same time, while her clit was mercilessly nipped and nibbled, sent her into a spiral. Her whole body was just acting on its own, which was just as well, because all the instructions she was trying to send to it simply bounced around her skull like a fucking echo, before vanishing into the fuzzy, fluffy fuzz trapped within. Eve began to pump her hips against his mouth, desperate to make that wonderful tongue go as deep as it could make it, a feat which he rather helpfully aided her with, pushing it so deep that he actually began to lick her cervix, all while strangling her clit and making it so sensitive that she actually swore that she could feel the atoms of air colliding with it. The first orgasm that blew through her was inevitable, really, and the second, and the third. In fact, they came so quick and fast in quick succession, that it felt like her body had just become a semi-automatic weapon that he just kept pulling the trigger on until the mag was empty. What made it worse was the fact that she could hear him, in fact feel him, greedily drinking her nectar as she was having them, which only served to make them far more intense than anything she had ever dreamed of feeling before. When the third and final one blew through her, she felt like she should have been left there like a gibbering wreck. But instead, what was left was a fire hotter than the flames of hell itself. It was purest desire, and Val had shown her his true heart. Now it was her turn to show this beautiful man hers. Did you enjoy that, my new queen? Val purred as he stroked the insides of her thighs as well as her stomach at the same time with his four hands. Eve responded now with words, but with actions instead. She managed to find the strength to haul her surprised man up on top of her before rolling them both over so that now he was laid with his wings pinned beneath him, though it didn't stop him from buzzing them in alarm. You called me and treated me like a queen. Now I'm going to show you that you are my king, Eve said, planting a series of desperate and breathless kisses all over Varel's handsome face. She reached up and gently cupped her face in his hands before smiling up at her. You are my new queen, and I will be forever grateful to you for showing me the truth of love and giving me the chance to fulfil my old hive queen's greatest wish, he said softly in a voice so filled with warmth and joy that it actually brought tears to Eve's eyes, but did little to quell the raging desires within her. If anything, it fanned them even brighter. Enough talk, it's time for love, Eve said softly. With that, she reached down his body until she found what she was looking for. The little slit that hid his most sacred treasure from the world and kept it safe from others. It was well hidden, actually, behind a retractable plate that protected the entrance to what she considered to be the kingdom of heaven for her. Slowly and very gently, she teased her finger inside, 
letting those warm, slick walls envelop her digit until she found what she was looking for. There, inside the warm little pouch, was a long prehensile tube of slimy muscle that at first recoiled from her probing touch, but then, like a timid animal, slowly came to her. Eve revelled in the chivalrous that were passing through Val as she very gently teased that symbol of his masculinity from its hidey hole and out into the open air. Once it was fully averted, she got her first good look at it, and what she saw took her breath away. He was about eight, maybe nine inches in length. It was shaped much like his tongue was, only a lot thicker, and kind of made of a think of a tentacle that she'd seen in a Japanese comic she'd once found. It was a deep, rich pink colour, and she could actually see, let alone feel his hot blood pumping through it, as it silently begged her to take hold of it, which she did gratefully. Farrell's wings buzzed beneath him as she gripped him tightly. Please be careful. It's very sensitive, he said in a voice that was one part nervous and one part ashamed. Oh, don't you worry, my buzzy king. The place this wonderful part of you is going is going to have a very tight grip on it indeed. She purred softly before hoisting herself up, aligning him and then sliding every single inch of his wonderful organ into her depths. Eve grit her teeth as she felt her flesh stretching out. She'd never imagined that he would be so big, but she was determined. She was going to have every single inch of her man within her. Not a single bit of his length would be left wanting. After the love he had shown her, she was going to give him only the best in return. There was suddenly a soft pop from within her, and she realised that not only had she gotten every single inch of him into her, but more than that... With the effort of squeezing his masculine flesh, it actually inadvertently revealed another hidden ace up one of Varrell's many sleeves. A smaller tube had been forced to emerge from the tip of his manhood, almost like a manhood within a manhood, and this tube had been small enough to pop itself right through the neck of her womb, before being gripped by said neck, effectively tying them both together. This little tube instantly began to squirm around as if trying to figure out where in the name of hell it was now. Like a little snake made of purest pleasure, it stroked and tickled the inner walls of her womb, sending starbursts of pleasure through both of them. Oh, wow! Varl breathed as the pleasure of the new sensation, along with a whole host of other ones, hit him all at once. This spurred Eve on, and she began to move, rocking her hips to pump his flesh within her, but making sure she didn't pull back enough to remove that little tube from inside her womb. She wanted it to stay right there, where it was, in her core. Now it was Varl's turn to begin to making highly embarrassing noises as he began to moan and pant, and at one point even began to make a noise that reminded Eve of a rusty gate swinging in the wind. But none of that discouraged Eve. Hell, if anything, it spurred her onwards, because it was a beautiful sign that her man was letting go of his inhibitions, just like he'd managed to make her do. She had shown him a side of herself that not, she had not only never shown to anyone before, but in all honesty, she didn't even know she'd had. And now this handsome hybrid male had opened up a whole new world to her, and had shown her things that she could have only ever dared to dream existed. And now she was going to do her damnedest to do the same for him. Humans had taken everything from this wonderful male, and everything that he'd ever cared about, save for his sister. Now Eve was determined to show him that not only were humans worthy of redemption in his eyes, 
that she was worthy of the chance he had given her and the love he'd shown to her. She would live up to the title of queen that he had bestowed upon her and she would make sure that he never regretted giving it to her. Every single thrust of Eve's hips drove that hot, pulsing rod of masculine flesh into her depths. It ground their sensitive flesh together regardless of the amount of lubrication the pair were pumping out. It drove them to newer and greater heights of pleasure until the pair could not think any form of cognitive thought. They could only act like two primal beings. By now, Varro had gotten over the shock of all the newness and his body and primal instincts had taken over for him. His lower hands had gripped onto Eve's hips and his upper hands were currently mauling her breasts with reckless abandon. Eve managed to have enough power left in his pleasure-soaked brain to push himself up off the bed and use his mandibles to nip at her nipples. In all honesty, neither of them had any idea exactly how long they were both going for it. It could have been mere minutes or it could have been for hours, because time itself seemed to have ceased to exist for the pair of lovers. In fact, all that existed in their worlds was one another and the determination to give and receive as much pleasure as they could before the inevitable happened. And happen it did. The power of the mutual orgasm hit them both. Felt like an atomic bomb going off between the pair. But rather than blasting them apart, it had the inverse reaction. It drew them together tighter, with a power and magnitude of a black hole. As they both wailed and thrashed in pure ecstasy, they clung together, forcing their bodies as tightly together as they could, until the waves ebbed and subsided leaving them like two survivors of a shipwreck washed up on a shore somewhere, soaked to the skin and panting like they'd just swum for their lives. When Eve finally managed to drag some part of her consciousness out of the pink fluffy fuzz that had swallowed it like a giant whale, she realised that at some point they'd changed positions. Rather than either of them being atop of the other, they had rolled onto their sides and were pressed together in a knot of limbs, flesh and carapace. But the thing that made her smile the most was the way that Varl was now just holding her. He had all four of his arms wrapped around her tightly, as she had both her arms and legs wrapped tightly around him. It appeared that the effort and intensity had knocked out her wonderful man right out of the park, as he was out for the count. She leaned in and very gently kissed each of his mandibles and his forehead. Sleep well, my handsome king. I love you, she whispered before laying her own head down on the pillow next to his and allowing the warmth to pull her under as well. So lost had Varl and Eve been in their love and passion, that neither of them had noticed that they had a silent observer the entire time. Someone that was so worried that her brother had been taken advantage of, and was going to be hurt, that she'd been felt compelled to sneak off when everyone else was not looking, to make sure that he was okay. But what Vizzy had seen in that room had actually shaken her to her core. Seeing her protective and loving brother transform into a passion-driven wild animal with a hunger for his female's flesh had actually shocked and surprised Vizzy. As she had silently staggered away from their room and darted quickly as she could to her own, the images of what she had seen in there kept replaying in her mind. Is that why Thundertail wants a human boy so bad? She said to herself as she flopped down on her bed and stared at the ceiling all while willing the heat that was currently burning between her legs to leave her be. But the heat simply refused to listen. It kept on growing warmer and warmer and refusing to let her ignore it until it got so bad she knew she had no choice but to take care of it. 
so moving quickly to lock her door and to draw the curtains to ensure that no one would spy on her private moment like she'd spied on that of her brother and his new queen. Fizzy dropped herself onto her bed and she reached down between her legs. Though mercifully, as she began to stroke the soft lips of her now exposed womanhood, it was not images of her brother that flooded her mind, but interestingly enough, of Seven. Ever since she'd seen him out of his suit, she'd been battling with the thoughts that she knew would land her in very hot water should they ever find a voice. Not least of all from Visa, his very protective life mate. Plus, having seen with her own eyes exactly what Visa was capable of, Vizzy knew that she was not someone she wished to pick a fight with. Though, to be fair in her heart, she knew there was no way that Seven would ever leave her. Plus, he was far more dangerous than the large Alpha Claw female could ever be. But that did not stop these thoughts from invading her mind, of showing her in incredible detail the depths of her wishes of what he could do to her, or for her, not to mention how those things could make her feel. As she closed her eyes and her fingers sped up working themselves into her flesh, she saw an image of a surprisingly handsome human bearing down on her, immobilising her with his power and taking her in a way that made every fibre of her beard and told her that she would she should fight against, but instead welcomed with zero hesitation. So powerful was the imagery that she swore up and down as she could feel him inside her, to the point where she had to snap her eyes open to ensure that the handsome human truly had not spirited himself into her room and was not currently atop of her making sweet human love to her. But the realisation that he was not actually there sent a wash of forlorn despair through her and actually killed the buzz that she had been experiencing up until that point, causing her to now flop backwards on the bed, sprawling herself out and covering her eyes with the backs of one hand. Why do I want a human of all things? After all they've done to us, why did it have to be one of their kind that would make me feel this way? Vizzy said to herself. But no sooner had the words left her lips and she felt ashamed of them. It was not Seven or his people who had hurt her or her hive. It was not they that had destroyed so many innocent lives. No, this was the work of the vile raiders and their ilk. Blaming Seven and his people for their actions of others would be like blaming her and her hive for every lost life to a feral Casador. Simply wasn't right or fair. Vizzy climbed to her feet once again, and she drew the curtains back, and she looked down now into the yard where everyone was working. She saw Thundertail hard at work at an anvil, beating panels into shape for use with the gate claw armour, that they were all now hard at work producing en masse. The words of the big gate claw girl swam into her mind, and so did the power behind them, of how proud she was of her attraction to the human race, how unashamed of it she was. If she's unashamed, then why should I be? None of the other non-humans here are ashamed to love outside of their own race. And if my very own brother can find loves in the arms of one of theirs, then why not me? She said, and no sooner had the words left her lips than the shame vanished, and in its place, a fire-like determination. Vizzy balled two of her fists defiantly and buzzed her wings with the very same defiance. I will find a man to love me and look at me the way Varl looks at Eve. I will be his hive queen and he will be my king, she said, translating that fire into words. With that, she flung her bedroom door open and marched her oval rear end off down to join the others in the yard.
No sooner had she reappeared in the yard than she was greeted by Vess, who was leaning on the corner of the tree so silently that Vizzy hadn't even noticed the giant alpha claw female. Find what you were looking for, Vess said softly, and Vizzy buzzed her wings in alarm before spinning to look at her curiously. What do you mean? she asked quickly, and the big female claw gave her a fang-filled grin. Oh, you don't need to be coy or evasive with me, child. I know exactly where you went and exactly what you saw when you went there. What I'm now wondering, however, was if you found what you needed in what you saw. Vess said, pushing her large frame off of the tree and walking up to stand next to her. The huge alpha female claw towered over Vizzy, and she had to actually crane her neck to look up at her. But the look in her eye told her that she knew that she was not going to be fool, let up for, or be fooled by evasiveness. Vizzy sighed and nodded. Yeah, I think so, she said. Look, I get it, okay? Vess said, placing a surprisingly motherly hand on her back, which made Vizzy jump in surprise, but oddly not pull away from her. Get it? Vizzy said in confusion. You're trying to justify in part sabotage your own feelings for their kind. Firstly, you were worried for your kin that he was going to be somehow harmed or being deceived by Eve. But instead you witnessed something you never expected to see, didn't you? Vess said. How did you... Vizzy began. Vess's grin grew wider and silenced her. Because it's something that I too learned in that way. It shocked me to my very core when I first learned that both my niece and my nephew both loved humans, the very race that had persecuted and tortured us. But after I got over my initial shock, I realised that it was not these humans that did those vile things. In fact, these humans stood against the ones with everything that they had, and they had risked their very own lives to free us and to fight against their own kind for me and my children. If that does not mark them as worthy of us, and what indeed does? Vess said, and her words rang true in Vizzy's head. But still, I was curious, but not of, sure of them or their intentions, until I truly saw them with my own eyes. And what I did see shook me to my very core. I saw true passion and love in its rawest form. I saw a human male love a female claw with such vigour, but then care for her afterwards with such tenderness that I couldn't deny their love. Hell, if anything, I think it was what drove me to yearn for it myself, Vess said thoughtfully. Vizzy looked up at her in surprise and buzzed her wings to show it. That, that's how I feel, she exclaimed and Vess nodded. Thought as much. They truly are confusing little creatures when you think about it, capable of such feats of destruction and evil, but at the same time, of such love and kindness too. I do believe now that judging them for all for the actions of a few is so very wrong. But the actions of a beautiful few can also really change your heart and mind for the better. Take me as an example, Vess said. And Vizzy buzzed her wings for her to continue. I was tortured and imprisoned by humans we call the Enclave. They experimented on me and my children. They attached vile devices to our heads which took from us our very free will and autonomy and made us puppets and made of scale and meat. They wanted us as weapons, nothing more. It mattered not one single shit to them that we were both proud and noble claws, sentient as they were, capable of the same range of emotions as they. All they saw were as our claws, our teeth, and they enslaved us for them. But then came Seven, 
his people. He fought tooth and claw to free us and to heal those wounds, both visible and invisible, that had been done to us. And over time, they showed us the truth, that a measure of a human is the same as any other by their actions. It was thanks to that lesson that I was able to look past my own inhibitions and misgivings. And now look at me. I'm every pit the proud and noble alpha matriarch claw that I ever was. And I have the most beautiful human life made to share it with. His is my pride and my love as I am his. She said, shooting a loving look towards Chris as he worked on the Kevlar room. Vizzy nodded her head in understanding and making her antenna bob and swish with a vigour. Yeah, that's kind of the realisation that I think I've reached too, she said and Vess gave her a grin. Then it seems I have nothing left to teach you, young one. All I can do now is wish you well on your own hunt. And I pray it will be fruitful and a rewarding one, she said clapping her on the back, making Vizzy smile before she waved and carried off on her way. As Vizzy looked around the compound where everyone was hard at work, she couldn't help but smile to herself now. The way Seven and his people had set this place up, it was almost kind of like a hive in itself. Everyone worked so closely together, and everyone had a job, so no one felt left out or useless. Plus he seemed to have been very deliberate in his placement of people. To maximise the exposure the humans had to the friendly non-humans, it is a very obvious attempt to break down the barriers of fear and mistrust between them both, and it seemed to be working very well. As she watched, she saw gator claws lifting and carrying heavy loads, while humans performed the more intricate and fiddly jobs like welding and wiring. But then there were some crossovers, like at the farm, where both claws and humans worked side by side together, performing the same tasks together as one. Though, to be fair, the claws were far better at ploughing than the humans were, while the humans were far better at the intricate spacing and planting of the seeds than the claws were, but both worked perfectly together, in unison. Val had been right when he had said that this were the world that their queen had envisioned and that would, they would be one day part of, and it formed a pit of sadness in her heart that she had never lived to see it happen. Vizzy sighed heavily as she thought about how thrilled her queen would have been to have met Seven and his people and to have welcomed them into her hive. She imagined the celebrations the hive would have thrown for them to welcome their new friends, and the great things that could have been achieved with Seven acting as their human ambassador to the greater human world at large. But sadly, that was never to be. As far as she now knew, she and her brother were all that remained of the hybrid Casador race, so it fell to them to be ambassadors to the human world. And maybe, if the great ethereal hive permitted it, progenitors of a new stronger hive or maybe even hives a slight shiver of both want and anticipation flickered through her as the image of her becoming a hive queen with a human king at her side passed through Vizzy's mindscape though she did wonder if what such a thing would look like how would their children look would they be more Cazador than human or maybe the reverse or thanks to their already hybrid DNA would they come out more or less like her? These were questions she would love to answer, though she did worry that a human would not be ready to take on such a pivotal role and one that carried such a heavy responsibility and burden of that of a hive king. Now, that is the face of someone lost in the deepest of thoughts. And given that you've been staring at that young human's arse for about ten, it's solid now. 
getting the feeling that maybe this is a worry I might be qualified to aid you with. A deep gravelly voice said from behind her, causing her to buzz her wings in alarm before spitting on the spot to find Visa standing there, towering over her. This was the second time in half an hour that a massive claw had managed to sneak up on her. He was really going to have to start paying more attention to her surroundings, or any dreams she had of making a new hive were going to end up in the jaws of some unseen predator. Though, more at the forefront of her mind now, was the embarrassment of the realisations that she had indeed been advertently staring at the tail end of a young human male, who was working on the farm. Though, she hadn't meant to, or indeed in her own she actually was, as she kind of had been lost in her own mind. So maybe it was a bit of a missed opportunity, really. Well, I, um, uh, Visa, do you think humans and non-humans can bear children together? And how would you handle it? Do you think a human is ever capable of ready to take on a hive? She blurted out in rapid succession, making the big alpha claw raise her eyebrows in surprise. Oh my, now these are heavy questions indeed, little one. Come, walk with me a while, Visa said, gesturing a large hand to her to one side. So Vizzy fell in step with the large female claw as they began to walk the outer perimeter of the town as Visa carried out a security check on their walls to ensure that nothing or no one had breached their sanctity during the night or indeed what had passed of the day. In answer to the first question, I honestly do not know, but it is indeed my hope that the power of Mother Nature can find a way for such a wonderful thing to occur. It may be the case that the two species in question are just too different for them to be blessed by such a miracle. But for my part, I truly hope that it is possible. It is a dream of mine that one day I will have a true pack of my own, with my beloved male stood right at my side to help me lead them forwards into the future. Plus, I think he'd make a really good patriarch. Though, to be fair, he's probably the only human I know who'd actually be strong enough to handle a whole pack of rampaging juvenile claws. Or claw-human hybrids, as the case may be. Visa said with a chuckle that kind of made Vizzy smile, as she had the mental image of Seven using his powers to contain and capture a whole pack of baby claws who were determined to scamper off in every direction possible. In answer to the second question, I think that will depend entirely on the human in question. They're incredibly individualistic. Now, while claws are obviously individuals too, we do tend to have a more scripted reaction to certain scenarios. But if you take a hundred different humans and give them the same task, you'll get a hundred different methods to solve it. It's kind of one of their biggest assets and charms, in my opinion. No two are alike at all. Now, in the case of my seven, yes, I do believe he could handle raising a pack. And as I stated, it is my distinct hope and dream that one day I'll be able to give him one. But in the same breath, if such a thing never happens... I will still be happy, because I will have lived my life where I belong, at the side of the one that I love most in this world, Visa said proudly. Fizzy thought on this for a few moments more, and then it really did hit her. Visa was right. If she truly loved the man and he truly loved her in the same way, then it didn't really matter if they were able to start a hive or not, just as long as they were together, because if it did happen... Then they would deal with it the way they dealt with everything that came their way. Together as one, as a partnership. Ah, now I see the answer has come to you now, hasn't it, little one? Visa said, and Vizzy smiled up at her. Yeah, it has. It doesn't matter if I can or can't. As long as I give it my all, 
and give it to the one that I love, as he should to me. And if it does happen, we'll face it together proudly, she said, and Visa nodded. Exactly. Now come along, young one. We have an ambush to plan and a hive to avenge. While we annihilate some breed of scum. Should be a fun day out, I think, she said, giving her a fang-filled grin. Vizzy balled her fists and pounded them into the palms of her opposite open hands. Sounds good to me. We're going to burn those fuckers like they burned my brothers and sisters. So the boss is going to know exactly how me and Varl felt watching our hive burn to the ground while we burn a fucking little fiefdom to ashes before her very eyes. And I'm going to show her what goes around comes around by letting her see exactly who did it. Right up to the point where I run my stinger right through her cold fucking heart. Vizzy snarled. Well said, young one. Well said. We are, when we are done, your entire hive will rest easy, knowing their blood has been avenged by one of their own, no less. Visa snarled before clapping Vizzy on the back and leading her towards Seven's Forge. The time was close at hand now. It was time to take the fight to them for once. Ah, so that was chapter 123, ladies and gentlemen. And it does sound like Vizzy and her crew are on the warpath. But will they be able to take down the boss? Or will Torch have a trick up his sleeve or two? Only going to be one way to find out the answer to those questions and so many more. Going to have to tune in next time. So until next time, this is Ghost Nobody signing off and saying, I'll see you all next time.